しめをかけて燃える街にあとわずか届く叫びを耳にして帰ってきたぞ帰ってきたぞUm, all right, well, we've got three、Spiner. more episodes of the Return of Ultraman. Shut the fuck up. We've got three more episodes of the Return of Ultraman、uh, that we're going to be watching.、Um, uh, one of them's a two parter.、Uh, a pretty, pretty significant episode,、uh, IMO.、Um, We got a good week this week. It's been a while since we've recorded one of these、uh, because the last one we recorded was on my birthday, which is the 5th of November.、Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a minute.、Um, like a here month. Here we are.、Yeah. We're back. Like a month.、Uh, but you know what? With, we're, not, we're not changing anything.、Um, and so we're starting off with we're not, talk, we're not fucking talking about Ultraman, we're talking about other shit. Yeah,、um, this is the show I wanted. I have been sitting on this for a while because Razen hasn't been around. And when uh, I was, uh, when he had his stream,、uh, the 100 best games, and I briefly put together like a top 25 or something,、um, I put Driver very high,、um, despite not playing it in years and years and years and years.、Um, Can、And、I just I say come... how owned I am right now? Yes. You, you brought up on one of the episodes, or something that I was gone. I think it was just the Ultra Fight episode that happened while I was gone.、Um, actually, wait, no, I,、yeah. I can't remember. Well, yeah, yes. Well, I mean,、yes. there's a couple of Blazers, but yes. Yes, yeah. Well, the, the Ultra Fight episode, I believe you reference、um, waiting to discuss a PS1 game that we talked about on that stream. This entire time, I really expected Master of Arena. <laughs> nope. Nope.、Uh... Not that one. <laughs> Driver. Uh, uh, dri- the original Driver PS1 game.、Uh, it's a game about driving like, old like, muscle cars around、uh, Miami and San Francisco and、uh, LA and New York.、Um, not 
LA most of the time because that one sucks uh, and uh, the buildings make it run like shit. Um, uh, so the, 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 the number one thing about Driver that I had forgotten, clearly, uh, was that the game does not run great all the time uh, and that isn't the fault of my computer, that is the fault of the video game. Um, is what I was learning. Um, that's okay, uh, because most of the time it was sick. Uh, Driver's a, a great game. Um, the cars handle terribly. It's it's uh, a game uh, made by the Destruction Derby guys, and so all the car destruction is fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's got a good soundtrack, good vibe. Um, the uh, uh, undercover story is ridiculous, the turn it takes at the end um is truly stupid in a way that i was like this is this is absurd i don't know <laughs> i don't know why you did this but that's fine um and the last level is is trash and shit and i used save states to get through the whole thing uh but that's okay uh because i had this was you know if armored core can do that and i can still put it on my top 25 list <laughs> then uh driver can also do that and get onto the list as well um Driver's great. All the the interesting thing about Driver is that they didn't have the tech at the time for like anything but ninety degree turns, um, and so that's how all the maps are laid out, um, and it still works uh, because you know because the the cars don't handle like you know it's it's not a game about driving like cars that handle really well. Um, it's not about driving sports cars. It's about driving like you know old muscle cars and they fucking spin out at the slightest um the slightest uh, turn um it's good uh the the tutorial at the beginning is way easier than everyone says it is i i don't know what they're talking about it's fine it's it's absolutely it's absolutely simple it's straightforward you just do what it, say, it tells you to do and you do it it shows you how to do it and it gives you a little video showing you how to do it it's fine shut up um uh, this is this is my get good, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I did that. I've been sitting on that for a while. I played two other PlayStation One games. This is the real shit. Uh, I played Air Combat, which is the original Ace Combat. Let's go! Oh, nice. I need to play uh, this at some point. Yeah, I want to play it's, this too. Is it, it's good? It is way more like this game. Like people, you. People describe Ace Combat as arcade um, flight sim. It's like it's like not simulation. It's it's like it's an arcade game. Um, Air Combat was literally an arcade game. This was literally this was an arcade game that got ported to the PlayStation One. Um, it is obvious that that is what it is, um, and uh, it's you know it's it's a good video game. Uh, there's a lot here that's like I'm like oh yeah you know I see I see that this is an Ace Combat game. Um, and I had a good time with it. And then I finished it. And then I immediately started playing Ace Combat 2. And I was like, oh, this is a fucking Ace Combat game. Well, there was no, the, nothing has changed. This is just Ace Combat. Ace Combat 2 is just Ace Combat. Uh, and uh, there was no point in ever leaving the PlayStation 1. Um, that was all we needed. Uh, and it's fantastic. And it's like, there's something that happened in, in the Ace Combats that have like really developed story. Like there's like there's lots of cutscenes and stuff. Uh, a problem you introduce is that they want to do drama, and uh, unfortunately, 
that means that sometimes they pivot mid-mission. Um, and so those ace combats inherently come with the problem of sometimes the levels trick you into picking the wrong plane. Um, ace combat 2, by virtue of the missions are what the briefing tells you the missions are, um, is instantly just better than those ace combat games. <laughs> um, like, it's, you know... I would not go so far as to say that Ace Combat 2 is better than Ace Combat 7, maybe. Um, but certainly, like, Ace Combat... I, I mean, I already don't really rate Ace Combat 5. I think it's too long, and um, I think the the story uh, tips over from endearingly stupid into, like, even at Niage territory that is, like... I realise all these games have are sponsored by... They, they have, like, a screen at the beginning of the game with, like, oh, yeah, this is a fucking, um... I've forgotten every arms dealer in the world. <laughs> uh, Raytheon, right? They, like, they, they, they put the slap up, like, a Raytheon logo at the, at the beginning. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Um, but uh, Ace Combat 5, truly the one that is, like, um, end the Cold War by, join, by joining the Navy. Um, and, uh we will t team together and d and L logos is behind this um oh no yes oh, no. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um, i get where is where is gilbert duradol when you need him where is gilbert duradol when you need him um anyway uh ace combat 2 a good video game i finished that last night um i am now primed to play a game that is on my backlog bingo uh, Ace Combat 3, Electrosphere. Uh, this is the only game in the series, as far as I know, that has the potential to be ridiculous enough to knock Ace Combat 0 off its pedestal. Uh, Ace Combat 0, without a doubt, uh, one of the best... You know, I, I put it at the top of my list. It's the best game I've ever played. Um, it's so stupid. It's so amazing. And uh, Electrosphere is uh, the only competitor it has. Uh, and so I can't wait to play that. Um... And that's me. I mostly just been, you know, reading some books that, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, reading a long series. Um, I, you know, I've, I've tweeted about it. I'm reading the Legend of the Galactic Heroes novels. It's a stupid decision, but I'm doing it. Um, uh, they're not. They're good. They're not quite that good. They're all right. It is what it is. Anyway. Uh, who's going next? Uh, I've been reading, and by reading I mean listening to, um, Every Man for Himself and God Above, uh, and God Above All, uh, or is it Against All? It might be Against All, um, let me double check. Against All. Against All, Against All. Oh, uh, Werner Herzog. <clears throat> yes, this is Werner Herzog's, uh, autobiography, or I guess memoir, more like, um, because it is just, it's just taking like fragments, bits and pieces or whatever, um, and just kind of him discussing various aspects and, and things in his life. Um, and it's also the because uh, the uh, the movie that he made that we know as I believe the Enigma of Casper um, Hauser, uh, is it? Uh, that's what the title was in Germany was every man for himself and God against all. Um, this is a wonderful listen. Uh, I, Herzog is just one of my favorite 
filmmaker. I, I guess I should say more documentarian because I actually I need to go through and actually watch a lot more of his actual like directed movies. But I adore him as a documentarian. Um, I love just listening to him speak in interviews and, and his thoughts on it, especially he he has this idea like it is stupid to pretend that I am some impartial fly on the wall observer when you're making something like a documentary, you need to be a hornet who goes in and stings and, like, kind of, ru like, ruffles feathers and, like, gets action going and, like, moves things. Like, you you need to be an active participant in the story, and I it is dishonest to otherwise try to, like, frame this as some, like, completely objective, like, oh, we're eyes peeking in sort of thing. Like, you are now part of the story as well, just by the nature of you choosing to tell it the way that you are, um, which I fucking respect a lot. Um, like, there is something so fascinating about hearing this guy talk about what it was like to grow up in uh, Bavaria in the aftermath of World War II. Um, he was born towards the end of the war, I believe. But, uh, you know, I, I've been going through some family stuff, as has been alluded to on the podcast, but uh, it was nice listening to this and being thankful. You know, at least there aren't two parts of my family, one who was pro and one who was anti-Nazi. Uh, that's not Jesus. something... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's not something I need to, uh, you know... Handle. I don't need to worry about, yeah. So, <laughs> um, But then also, too, like... There's really interesting stories about his time, like he he was over on like a student visa or something to to spend some time in the United States, and he talks about a family that he befriended here, and like a lot of just like, I don't know if it was like late teenage or like early young adult years, but basically like he got taken in by this really nice kind of religious family or whatever, and he talks about how like all all of the fun times he had with the sisters and that family and and all of the random little like hijinks and stuff he got into and then that whole section ends with like as the political climate in America changed they went further and further into the radical religious right and like the family kind of splintered and split apart as more and more people died or got mad at each other and he's like I can't track down any of them now and I asked their neighbors like their old neighbors where they've gone to and they're like nobody knows and it's just like this really sad like waxing and like waning of life that you just get from his perspective and and his various takes on things there's a lot there also too about like local like folk heroes almost from like his his neck of the woods from when he was a kid um and people he knew who like went on to like do like a bunch of like radical political action stuff like that and kind of him talking about them from his perspective and just his take on the situation um and a lot a lot of talk about random accidents and uh, he had a very violent childhood and in fact he he kind of portrays himself up and like up until like his early teenage years like he had an aggression problem that like he went too far one time and he like was roughhousing with his brother and he realized like, oh, I need to, I am going to live a very dark and dangerous life if I don't get this under control. Um, and hearing him as an old man thinking back to that very young realization is interesting. Um, and then my other final takeaway from this book, I need to finish it. I'm like 80% of the way through and I, I've been really enjoying it, um, was it was really fucking weird hearing a man who spent the early parts of this book talking 
about how, in spite of everything, growing up in Nazi-occupied territory during World War II, there was still opportunities and chances to find community and love, uh, despite the horrible conditions that everyone was subjected to. And then uh, later on, he talks about visiting uh, a town in Wisconsin I have family in where Ed Gein uh, was from and buried. And he calls it a godforsaken hole with no redeemable qualities that uh, <laughs> that inspired him to make a movie about the death of the American dream. And I was like, well, that puts that place into perspective for me. <laughs> uh, I agree with him. That place sucks. <laughs> um, God damn. But- but yeah, great, great fucking book. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, I just recommend it. You cannot go wrong with Herzog. I have, I have maybe only seen one thing from him that I don't care for, and I don't even remember the name of it, but it's the one where he, uh, he it's just like a bunch of burning oil fields. Um, and I can't, I can't remember exactly. Lessons of Darkness. Uh, which was uh, the about like the ravaged oil fields in uh, Kuwait following the Gulf War, um, and uh, that that's like the one thing I've seen from him where I'm just like, eh, it's it's okay, it's whatever. But uh, everything else from him I've really enjoyed. Um, shout outs to the little short documentary he filmed where he goes to an island with a volcano that's about to explode and everyone's been evacuated and he just goes and interviews all the people that chose to stay behind, even though they're absolutely probably going to die. Um, and then it just doesn't erupt. And at the end of the documentary, he's just like, overall, it was kind of just a little embarrassing. <laughs> okay. I, fucking love, I fucking love that. I don't man. think I've ever seen any of his stuff. I just, I just know his name. Uh, I recommend if you want to get starter one, I think Grizzly Man is just maybe the best documentary I've ever seen. That was actually I I watched it as part of a class, and that's how I was introduced to Herzog, and uh, it, it it became a lifelong love from there. Um, pivoting hard, mm-hmm. uh, I I've been watching some fucking anime. Hey, I finished, I devoured Gundam Double O in that movie. Hey, uh, nice. Hey. I, I don't think I'll spend too much time here, but uh, yeah, that skyrocketed up. Like, I, I really enjoy season two. Um, it's so good. <laughs> I, it, I'm, I'm glad, because like, that, I, I mentioned this before on this podcast, but, but like, I watched Double O early on as well, my first Gundam series. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I watched all of UC, and then I was like, w- the things I appreciate out of Gundam now that I've seen UC, and also part of like, you know, part of that's listening to GGP and that sort of skewing maybe my perspective of Gundam a bit. Uh, will Double O have like the good version of that or the bad version and like some of the Gundam series, but as the good version I'm finding as I rewatch it. And so hearing season two is also good is because, you know, I some of some fans are like divided on that. I, Cause I, I liked it when I first saw it, but I liked it less than season one back in the day. I think now I view it the same way I view both Iron Blooded Orphans and Digital Devil Saga, where I think on paper, I think the first is more, is better put together, but two also has all of the major emotional beats that realistically I'm probably going to be thinking about the most when I'm thinking about it as an overall experience. Um, mm-hmm. I... I did not care at all the first time through all of the stuff with and and that shit hit me Spoilers, hard. by the way. <laughs> oh, I I assume yeah. Fuck, I should. Uh, like so, so I will, some people I will, here. I will, are, I, will, yeah. I will. Do not worry. I will beep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, just 
Um, so some people are who are some people in our audience are. my yeah. my brain yeah my brain was in the we did the thing for some reason i started talking about gun double o and i i was like my brain is in the spot that we did with the uh first season where it's just like oh we'll, se- we'll sequester this off but yeah um yeah uh that stuff worked uh relationship stuff worked a lot better for me in, in season two on a rewatch than it did the first time around um and uh the the one the one thing i will say i think that this would have been a more interesting show if a certain villain died at the end of season one um because i don't really know how much him being around for season two realistically actually adds to the story (laughs) you know what i think maybe that's true yeah Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep, that's what I, thought I, I think he every time he shows up towards the end, it feels like a distraction from mm-hmm. from what actually matters to the characters of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I genuinely think especially because they have they have a they have they have a kill a villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it's uh, it is like I I get wanting to have him through the whole run. I just I I think that. The, sh- the rest of the show had moved they, on. They, they could have even, like, like, maybe taken care of him halfway through season two. Probably. Absolutely. I think it would have been better. Um, I, yeah, I have never been... I Because I... Uh, I was, like, less high on season one. I, for, I, I think as a result of just watching it one episode a day, uh, I was having a miserable time. It was a stupid, stupid way. It was a stupid way for me to watch that show, but it's okay. Um, I got through it, and also... Um, the moment I got to season two, I was like, I'm, I'm back in. There was like <laughs> some truly, uh, big brain moments. Uh, I opening Gundam double O and immediately, uh, just picking from the four boys and going to area. He's my favorite, uh, pays off so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I feasting, feasting. Oh, what a guy. Uh, the, the only other takeaway, cause I, I had, I was thinking of Iron-Blooded Orphans a lot watching Double O, and I was just like, which one of these two do I actually think I like more? And I think I'm still landing on Ibo. Um, and part of that is just a personal taste thing where Ibo, the situation towards the end feels so like it, the, the true roots of all of these problems are so beyond the scope of perception for our main core group in a way that Gundam Double O uh, is literally, like, I'm oh, gonna, they're, f- they're, like... Their job is having the big picture. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and specifically point, like, basically getting a scene of the main character pointing at someone going, like, if I, I'm fucking taking you out and the world will just be a better place. Uh, and, like, he's not wrong, but also, too, just from what I like out of this mode of storytelling, I, I think I kind of like the yeah, I, the desperation, I, hopelessness of Ivo's situation. Yeah, I do like that aspect of Ivo, and yeah, revisiting Double O was as much like, is it as good as I remember, as much as is it better than Ivo? Because, you know, I watched Ivo around this time last year. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, damn, Ivo might be a contender. It depends on how I, how much mm-hmm. I like Double O on revisiting. But also, I am feeling like, I'll see how I feel by the end, but I might be just like, the I double O sicko in me awakens. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I like double O more in the end, just partly for sentimental reasons, but you know, um, yeah, I also it, watched a th- fi- that said, Oh, 
two good Gundam, Gundam seasons is not a bad problem to have. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I also watched a fan edit of Do You Remember Love extended for uh, about two hours. Oh, whoops. I mean, I watched Awakening of the Trailblazer. Um, <laughs> That's mean to Awakening of the Trailblazer. Yeah, one of those is good. Uh, I I, uh, I think I think Razza might go the other way. I, I, I just don't. I don't care. I like okay that's not entirely true there is stuff in that movie I do like but oh my god there's the battle has never raged harder and yeah, I'm just yeah. you know what that's it, it, that's fair mind numbing I like I, I like the movie though I everyone like has it. to get you know the, there is a extremely like uh, I like the 20 to, minutes of meat there thing. yes everyone I, has I, to get their thing when the movie is telling a story that isn't just action beat to action beat. I, I actually like what's there quite a bit. Um, I like the ending a lot, actually. Um, like, adore the ending. But, um, oh my god, it's just too fucking long. I, I genuinely think it would have been better if it were shorter. And also, too, um, I wish it felt a little more like a desperate rush than it does. Um, I think the people they choose to not make it to the end is the biggest fucking coward cop-out shit. Um, well, at least some of them. Some of them are cool when they go out. So, um, some some people in stage plays retroactively are made to survive, which is really funny. It, it, honestly, that is pretty funny. Um, uh, but there's a point where one guy dies of that, and I'm just like, no one fucking cares about you. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Yeah, that, yeah. It's been a while since I've watched that movie, but yeah. I think if it was 30 minutes shorter, I'd be much more positive on it, but I'm just kind of like in the, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay with a very good ending, uh, in my opinion. The conversation yeah. is to come. So. Anything, yeah. anything else? Yeah, I'll go through the rest of these fairly, I'll, I'll try to rush through these. Yeah, I guess uh, you can I'm, hear it even way well. Yeah, uh. After that, Turn A Gundam went up on fucking YouTube. I was like, I'm not going to not watch Turn A Gundam. So I made episodes into that, which, as we all know, episode eight, cow episode. Incredible. One of the best episodes of Gundam. Uh, so good. Um, and yet, Turn A Gundam is just a, a fucking good... in the Gundam. Yeah. And it's just everyone going, Laurent, don't say the thing. And he's like, I am too nice. I have to say the thing and be honest. And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> uh, what a good lad. Um, and yeah, Turn A Gundam is good. You know, hot takes from Gundam enjoyers. Yeah. Um, go watch it if you haven't already. It's it's a wonderful time. Um, you know what else is a wonderful time? Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone's new hit no. show, The Curse. <laughs> is this the one where he's, he's just acting now and he's playing an yes. asshole? He's... He, this is a show about a a couple um who it it's specifically them and then also uh I believe played by I, I want to say it's Benny Safty, right? He's one of the brothers who did uh Uncut Gems. Um I think it's Benny. Um I, I could be blanking on the name. Let me double check. Yeah, Benny Benny Safty. Uh and he's like their piece of shit producer friend because what they're doing is they have this company that has like an hgtv show where they're making very environmentally sustainable but extremely ugly houses um 
for people uh, in like uh, communities in Arizona, uh, but also like real major shades of gentrification and like neoliberal, like, oh, yeah, we're helping we're helping out the community. But like everything they do is incredibly shallow. And like there's a journalist looking into them because the uh, Emma Stone's character is the child of like these rich asshole landlords that have bought up a bunch of property. Uh, and the journalist is like, okay, so, like, are your parents involved with this? Do you know your parents are, your parents are pieces of shit? And she's just, like, really struggling to deal with the fact that, like, she, <laughs> you know, uh, the reason she even had the means to do this was because she's coming from, you know, the money of exploitation sort of thing. Um, and Nathan Fielder uh, plays the overprotective, can't-take-criticism husband who goes to extreme lengths to try to protect uh, their um, reputation. Um, but uh, he gets cursed because there's a child who is out selling sodas for like two bucks a pop, and they decide to film some B-roll of him helping out the community. And uh, Benny Safdie's character is like, oh, hey, go, go buy just that whole pack you know, just, you know, it's the two bucks of soda. Go go buy that whole pack from that little girl and we'll just capture it as, like, background footage or whatever. It'll make you look really good. Nathan Fielder only has $100 on him. And he's like, well, I'm not going to actually give this little girl $100 for a pack of soda. So they record him giving her the $100 bill and taking the soda and then is like, okay, but I need give me the $100 back. I'll, I'll go to the ATM and get you your money, but, like, I'm not giving you $100. And she's like... Bro, what the fuck? You just gave me $100 for this. I'm not giving it back for, to you. Uh, I put a curse on you. And now Nathan Fielder is cursed. Um, and uh, he and Emma Stone are trying to conceive, uh, which is complicated by the fact that he has a micro penis, um, which his father-in-law knows. Important plot detail. Extremely important plot detail. There is an entire sequence that is very uncomfortable uh, where um, Nathan Fielder's father-in-law is like, don't worry, I have a micro penis too. We made it work. You can make it work. And it's it's one of the most uncomfortable things I've seen in my life. Um, uh, and uh, it's it's just a great, incredibly uncomfortable and awkward show that like it, it when you... When you learn that this is the the creative synthesis of Nathan Fielder's awkwardness with uh like one of the Safdie brothers' like claustrophobic tension and anxiety, that's exactly what this feels like. A lot of people are going to fucking hate this show. Um even like I've been watching it with my friends and we've overall like been very up on Nathan Fielder's body of work. And there's kind of a split in my group of friends, whether or not people like this or not. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, but uh, some other people are just like, eh, it's not working for me. Um, there's an incredible sequence in, in the second episode where Nathan Fielder has to do like a Mission Impossible style plot to get dirt on a casino he used to work for. And just watching Nathan Fielder bumble his way into like getting back into the old office he used to have so he can download files is so fucking funny. Uh like every possible like spy movie thing he tries to do just goes horrifically wrong. It's it's uh it's a great time. Um and yeah Excellent. it's it's fun. Other than that, uh I've been playing video games. Th these will be very short. Uh me and me and the lads have been playing uh Melty Blood. Um, mm -hmm. 
it's just a good time. You know, we're doing the classic hop on Melty, send hop the gifts Melty. from Discord. Yeah, and, uh, you know, playing a little bit. And uh, I feel like my uh, my Efriogi is doing pretty good in, in, the, uh, in the games we've been playing. Uh, also been playing some Left 4 Dead 2. Helped my friends get the gnome achievement last night, where you carry the gnome to the helicopter at the end of that one campaign. That was fun. Um... And, uh, yeah, uh, Tekken 7, I don't know why I even wrote this, I played, like, five games of that, what I, and more like 15, uh, I know nothing about Tekken 7, but what I learned is that I have just enough fundamental, uh, video game slash fighting game skills, and there's enough of a player base for Tekken, that, uh, if, if you just know how to block and, and realize that when people get really low on life, they're gonna panic and super, and you can just block it and then kill them, that gets you really far through the beginner ranks of that game. Lol. <laughs> it's kind of astonishing. Oh. Um, I'm, I, uh, good to know, uh, because, uh, uh I, I asked a, a friend of mine who likes Tekken, um, whether he was getting interested in Tekken 8, and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure. And then he came back and said, since you asked me that, uh, I have become someone who can only think about the fact that Tekken 8 is coming out. Uh, so do you want to get Tekken 8 too? And I was like, kinda. So Hell uh, yeah. I, I guess it's, I guess it sounds like, uh, I, I, I'm not going to get good at Tekken. That's never going to happen, but, uh, you know, I can, I can play it. Uh, my, uh, one of my friends is a, I don't want to say a known quantity in the Chicago Tekken scene, but he recently got third at a local tournament, uh, <laughs> in the general area, um, and only lost because he was fighting against probably the best Midwestern player of his character. Um, Bam. yeah, but, uh. He, he's been a, my friend Jake has been a good help in, uh, getting a handle on Tekken. Um, and, uh, yeah, just overall been having a good time with that. It's the, it's the, uh, one game where I'm like, I'm going to use, I'm going to learn hitbox with this game because, uh, Tekken benefits a lot from hitbox, honestly. Um, and, uh, that, that wasn't the most exciting fighting game thing I've been doing though. Tekken 7 is old and moldy. Um... But what's new and shiny is the beta for Undernight in Birth 2, Sis Celeste. Hell yeah. Which Mel joined me for a random tagalog stream for, which uh thanks, Mel. Yeah. Um I got my ass kicked a lot, but then also too, I went into the Undernight dedicated Discord, and I was like, oh, all of the people who I recognize names of who was kicking my ass are just like avid Undernight people that are like in here and they're like, you know, just like making their comments about like oh so and so and this is different and that is different and I'm just like okay no like it makes sense that the people on this beta are also the people that are like sickos real deep in there. Um, um, I I opened it up, I checked that Aurier is basically exactly the same, uh, and then I closed the game and I was like I'm I'm happy until the, until the game release. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whew, my boy Chaos is not the same. Yeah. He he got burfed which is buff nerfed um most notable change well there's two uh it used to be the case every character in this game has a thing called a force function which is you hit two buttons and your character does a unique thing for chaos the character i play who is a a book nerd who summons a big lizard he's like a puppet character kind of like uh uh, those you know, like Carl from uh Blaze Blue or Zato from Guilty Gear if you're familiar with Yeah or Mario Wars. from Type Lumina. Yeah. And Ken from Persona 4 Arena. All the puppet characters. Um, but he summons a big lizard friend, 
uh, who you can move independently and also attack at the same time that you're attacking. Um, and it's it's just its own unique style of play that I've... I, I never thought I'd be a puppet character guy, and then, like, Mario kind of turned me into one, <laughs> honestly. Um, but, uh... It used to be the case that when your lizard was out and, you know, harassing the enemy, they had to use either a medium or heavy strength attack to delete the lizard. Now it just needs to be, it's like any attack button. Ooh. Uh, big change. Big change. You have to be smarter with how you position and place your lizard. Uh, the important thing to note is, like, when the lizard is standing near them, they can't just hit it. Like, the lizard has to be in a hittable state. Like, you have to be using a move or gearing up, like, recovering or or winding up a move, basically, for them to be able to, like, delete it and get some space. But what this does mean is that if if you go for, like, a tail swing or a claw strike and they see it coming a mile away, they can just hit their lightest whatever, like, really fast jab button, and I lose that interaction, uh, which is scary. Um, and that's taken some getting used to. I got my ass kicked a lot this beta... Um, but I've also been playing around. He has some new toys, like his new force function. Um, it used to be like a flip thing that he did. That's now just baked into like a different part of his moveset. Now what it does is that, uh, the lizard breathes like a carpet of flame on the ground. And it's really good at hitting people if they're being careless. And, uh, I made a lot of people mad with that. I could tell. <laughs> um, so excited for, uh, excited for that game. Uh, a lot of Chaos players seem to be going full Doomer mode with it, um, but also, too, like, the like there's one guy I know who's, like, probably the best. I don't know, know him, like, personally, but just, like, I've seen what he's posted online. I've seen video footage of him playing. The, the guy who seems to be the best, like, North American Chaos player is, like, I think it's an adjustment period, but we'll be fine, so... I'm choosing to believe in his analysis <laughs> because he seems to be the guy who knows the most in, you know, America about played this guy. So, um, yeah, the, the last thing I have is, uh, I did a couple runs of needy streamer overdose, um, unrelated to any happenings in the VTuber world right now. Mm hmm. I want to play um, that at some point. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It could, uh... What a collection of sounds. <laughs> it could do with a little less edge, I think. I I think that this game actually has some interesting points to make about being, you know, a creator online while also not having great mental health and, and the, ba the, the balance between your personal well-being, being successful, and, like, you know, having an audience that likes you... And also the the boundaries you have regarding doing things you're interested in versus selling the fuck out. Um, but it does this in the most like, ooh, woo, you're you're uh, you're dating a mentally ill girl who's so kooky and wacky and she's on drugs and and she she does sexy streams and you can sleep with her to get her stressed down. And it's it's just a little it's a little much like I, I get that it's like a hyper it's going for like a hyper reality like, you know, dialed to 11 sort of take on on the side of the internet but i it just feels a little too overboard uh to me um and like also too just has some like i don't know exactly how the endings work in this game but i 
it seems like what it is is that it's a game that has multiple endings in the sense that there's a lot of game over states that tell you like game over when you get there um but i think there's like a certain concoction of stats that you can get to get to a happy ending um okay so i wasn't entirely sure if it was like a vision novel or like a raising sim kind of thing but it's it's more it's like mostly raising sim style okay that's cool um with like all done through like a fake old vintage style windows like ui browser thing kind of like not exactly like hypnospace outlaw but like you know kind of in that vibe um like there's references to old internet shit all over the place and all that stuff um and like some of the writing is funny like some of the jokes are good like when you unlock because you unlock different stream ideas for her to do and like one of them is like hey i should do a let's play like an old throwback let's play to like old games and then she's like yeah today we're gonna be doing a throwback stream let's go play some old flash games and everyone in the chat is like oh god you're so young (laughs) um so stuff like that is is good um but then like there's also stuff like one of the endings you unlock is oh no you had sex with her too often now she's a nymphomaniac and i'm just like this there's like a what what the game overall has value judgments on is a lot of the times i'm just like what is this okay is this like the final fantasy 2 rules but with sex (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh see the thing is stress is one of the best ways for her to reduce her stress but if you do it stress is one of the, in, is, stress is one of the best ways to reduce her stress or sex is one of the best ways to reduce her stress this is what i meant to say um that's definitely true uh but if you do it eight times in one playthrough oh no she quits streaming because all she wants to do is fuck you all the time isn't that horrible <laughs> um first of all i <laughs> I, it's horrible. <laughs> Second, yeah, no, there's there so, okay. It, sound, it sounds like uh, she got out of a room and started meeting people. Uh, hey, well, one of the other things is that me and my friends, because I've been streaming this to all my friends over Discord or whatever, and one of the other endings we unlocked last night is well, you had a really successful and, and great streaming career, but like not enough to make it like for, to do it as a living and then she like texts you and is like hey why don't instead of using this to pay our rent how about we just go out and like get jobs and then it's like one month later and it like cuts to like oh they're both like working um they're just like you know just both got stable jobs elsewhere and she kind of abandoned her streaming career and people on the internet are sad about it uh, and then I guess she abandons you too for some reason because now she's working and uh, oh, that leads you. to that. It, I I don't get it. It's stupid. It's it's dumb. Okay. <laughs> it's really dumb. Um, uh, the most I know about this game is that every VTuber I have ever watched has played it and it looks mad stupid. Um, but I did like that one stream where Mume deliberately tried to be the worst moderator of a chat in the world. <laughs> uh, I'm mad that the moderating thing actually isn't more in- involved than it is because what the moderation actually does is that you unlock some bonus dialogue by highlighting super chats for her to read at the end, but you can only do two. Um... And if you catch a shitty comment and you delete it fast enough before she can see it, which is like a hidden counter, like you don't you don't know when you're clicking to delete it, if you get it or not until you actually Mm -hmm. like delete it, because if you delete it fast enough, uh, she'll get one point of her stress counter removed. Um, But if you're too slow, you just delete it with no 
like nothing happens or if you delete like the wrong type of comment nothing happens there's no consequence as far as i can tell for just deleting everything um they, yeah, i'm sure there, there probably there be, is something if you go overboard that but. could be like you know i mean that you know i i don't know that i'd want to play it but that you know moderating a chat that's that could be just you could make that a game well, the thing, see, the thing is, is that I had a friend who, do you know those, like, Vampire the Masquerade, like, more narrative-driven things that, like, mm-hmm. I think they're out on, like, the Steam and Switch or whatever, like, they've made, like, three or four of them? Um, one of those games has Arcade in it for some reason. Um, but one of those games, I had a friend tell me when that game came out, it does, one of those little narrative things does an interesting thing where, like you become the moderator for your sex worker friend or something and you have to play this mini game where you delete you have to moderate the chat of the stream but you can't over moderate or else people get mad and leave and then your streamer friend's like what the fuck you need to let them be a little thirsty for me mm-hmm. but if you under moderate it's also like okay i feel bad people treat me like shit and you have to find like a really delicate balance of how creepy and weird do you let these guys be in the chat this is Um, this is this is immediately gonna run into the wall of uh the people making this game have an opinion about what is the correct level yes yes weird to allow in a chat yeah um but like that that sounds interesting to me in a way that this does not and to be fair i want to be clear this was a conversation that i had with a friend years ago i don't know how much of that is accurate to what actually playing that vampire game is like but that was my takeaway and i was like oh that actually does sound kind of interesting um but uh yeah i don't know i i'll probably go back and uh what i think i'll do is i might do like a one more run or two and then i might just do like a walkthrough to see like okay what's actually the requirements to get whatever the like ending endings are um Mm -hmm. also the i think the game is just a little like it just leans a little too hardcore into like that like vtuber streamer subculture thing of like oh the cute mentally ill girl where that's part of the charm and oh she's taking prescription drugs and it's it's just uh, yeah i don't know it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way (laughs) that being said though you can unlock a stream where she just smokes weed out of costume and gets banned and that is extremely funny (laughs) i mean i mean i mean it's a a little relevant right now yeah yeah Uh, if you want to donate two hundred fifty dollars to take for for me to take silly pills, we have a coat. No, don't do that. <laughs> uh, absolutely ridiculous situation um, that I will I will not be looking into because I simply want uh, to sit on the sidelines and go like, damn. Uh, Mal, what have you been yeah. to? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. I've seen the, the, seen the most most of the same games I've been playing. Uh, saw some movies. Uh, yeah, we can talk about movies now. Yeah, I yeah. Saw, I saw Master and Commander: Oceans Are Battlefields. I didn't. That's fine. I also did not. It's fine. It was, it, was, it was nice, entertaining. There's some guys on boats. It fucking sucks to be on a boat in the in the 1800s. Uh, yeah. I saw another movie, but I can't talk about it for reasons. Okay. Uh, at least for the audience reasons. But yeah. Uh, here, I'll, I'll say the movie in the chat and then you'll know why I can't say it. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, oh, yes, oh, yes, naturally. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I like that one. But yeah, you can't talk about it for now. Can't uh, talk and then, it. and then they will have already probably heard this. But yeah, it saw Godzilla minus one, but we did spoil cast for it. Yeah, there is gonna be a spoil cast. I don't know when that's when you're putting that out. That's entirely. I don't have to think about that. This is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be the before first, they hear this. The first Ryzen Brand edited Ultra Q episode. Get ready for the air horns. God damn. I can't wait for it to, you know, maybe it'll, uh, all right. Well, uh, unless you have anything else. I'm good. We continue. All right. Well, slipping in under the hour mark, uh, we can talk about the return of Ultraman for the first time in a month. We're back. Uh, we've returned we have returned we have episode 4 fatal attack meteor kick he sure does he sure does I got a little little summary here summaries this week uh, once again like last time um, a little bit shorter uh, on the shorter side uh, just so you know I can like run through it and then we can just talk about talk about the episode yeah Uh, also it's Ultraman and not Ultrasound well actually there's there's more plot stuff the character stuff in these in this there, show there, there yeah. is uh but at the at the same time ultra seven had like a certain density to it sometimes that was uh not necessarily like even in character stuff it was just there was just stuff a lot happening like i can't uh, I, I can't go through a summary without mentioning um the mandolin submachine gun uh that will come up <laughs> later that will come <laughs> that will be relevant in a bit I, I watched these episodes uh, from like two to three thirty a.m. this morning, and uh, I was able to follow them just fine, thankfully. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, episode four: the MAT responds to a kaiju attack. The kaiju is moving toward a nuclear power station and must be stopped. Uh, Hideki Go crashes his jet and becomes Ultraman, uh, but the kaiju has a force field that blocks all of his specials. Uh, Ultraman is defeated, and Go is rescued with his leg injured. He's left to recover in hospital while the rest of the team figures out uh, what's going on with this kaiju. It seems to be on the, its way to another nuclear power plant. It must want uranium. Um, at the hospital, Go is visited by Aki, Jiro, and Oka. Uh, Go wants to talk to Oka about work, but uh, Jiro makes things awkward by saying Go has a thing for Oka. And uh, then he's <laughs> busy telling Go, now listen here, you are not going to fraubo my sister. <laughs> This is... <laughs> um, uh, Go escapes from hospital a little later and starts doing truly ridiculous training while he's got an in- injured leg. He's carrying logs up mountains and trying to jump chasms. Um, Aki and Jiro find him and watch, and Aki is satisfied that Go isn't dumping him. He genuinely isn't dumping her. He is genuinely just too fucking dedicated to fighting kaiju. Um... Jiro is confused. Jiro is confused. I'm watching. I'm watching Go trying to jump a chasm, and I'm also confused. Uh, <laughs> the team fight the kaiju, and Go appears with his new move. He's learned. He turns into Ultraman, and he jumps over the force field, kicking the horn off the kaiju's head. Uh, this disables the force field, and now Ultraman destroys the kaiju. Uh, the day is saved at the end. Uh so yeah, we've we immediate we're we've got the we've got the weird triangle. Uh, we got the this is the classic triangle in uh 
the Japanese stuff that I have seen, which is the uh, normal, like the the girl that he's known uh, all his life, hometown childhood friend, and then of and then the, co- the cool new girl, new girl, <laughs> um, who you know it has you know she's she's doing she's in the she's in the MAT, um, and uh, yeah, we're getting some seeds of that. Um, and, uh, uh, Go is, uh, ridiculous this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I adore that. I mean, we've kind of, I think, talked already in the first episode. I can't remember fully because it's been so long, but, um, I believe we talked a little bit about how, like, it's a breath of fresh air that it's, it's obvious that he's not entirely all competent like Ultraman was. Like, he has flaws and, like... He's gonna he's gonna take a couple bruises on the way there, and this episode is just a, a perfect uh, encapsulation of that. Where yeah. he, he just fucking eats shit at the beginning, and he has to deal with that the rest of the episode. Um, and mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, he oh, yeah. fucking loses very quickly, and us yeah. like get over go, it. Yeah, go loses a lot more in this show than Hyatt ever did. Hyatt lost like once. Yeah. That wasn't even Hyatt. It was so important. It was so fucking important that they were like, oh, this this changes everything. What do we do? Yeah. Now he's just. Now every other week in this show, they're just like, well, fucking Ultraman couldn't take care of it. That fucking sucks. And then (laughs) Go was just kind of off in the distance. I got got my ass kicked. (laughs) I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my leg's gonna, the way I'm gonna make my leg get better is I'm going to jump over things. Yep. Perfect for the healing process. Until my leg is better. Uh, Stupid Ken Sakata, a guy with a limp. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ken, Ken, uh, uh, Aki comes back from the hospital is like, uh, go escaped? Go escaped. Is he here? And Ken's like, no, he's not here. I know where he'll be. He'll be doing his old training routine. And it cuts to go, like, carrying a log over his shoulders. And I was like, what are you doing? It was, first of all, it was shot from the side. And so uh, uh, I couldn't see that it was just a straight log. And I, a brief part of my brain was like, oh, my God, he's carrying a crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> That would be really funny. Uh, they sh- they should have done that. They should have they should have done that. Um, you should have been carrying he's like, a crucifix up there. He's he's one of those like Mount like Golgotha like crucifixion like reenactor people. Wait, what do you mean one of those? Do those exist? Yes, there are people that reenact the the crucifixion like that, that's a that's a whole thing. I mean, I they have like the the plays on Easter at churches, don't they? Uh, I mean, we don't. I, as far as I know, uh, I have yet to see anyone in Britain uh, reenact the crucifixion. I I don't think this is, like this is a a very like devotee in some parts of the world. Like this isn't happening everywhere, sort of thing. Um, but it does happen various places around the world. They do do reenactions like reenactments of the of the uh, crucifixion or crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britain simply not christian enough <laughs> which we just a little a little too laid back uh just about it. just uh swap out the pope for the king it's fine 
Yeah, swap out the Pope for the king, and then you just it's kind of stop religion. caring, really. <laughs> different religion now. No, no you know. Uh, show up on Sunday, you're fine. Um, maybe, you know, Br- not Britain, be like te- Britain be like, technically we're Protestant because it's not the Pope. Even yeah. if everything else is the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's, you know, one, 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 we can be one of the many, one of the many denominations. It'll, it's It's basically the same. Um, so I looked into it. Apparently, it's really big in the Philippines. Ooh. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, held every Good Friday and is part of the local observance of Holy Week. Uh, sorry, Philippines, uh, for making you that Christian. Um, uh, that one's that one's in Spain. That one's in Spain. Yeah. What's what's, what's southeast? I know Britain was Britain's getting. It. Is it? I'm thinking of Malaysia. Yeah, Malaysia. Yeah, Britain, is, uh, Britain's, Britain. Britain's Malaysia. That's Malaysia and Singapore. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is a good time for production notes. Yes. Yeah, hit us we with do some those. Notes. I forgot. We do those. Uh, this was directed and written by the same team behind episode three. This is Masanori Kake, who, if uh, if if you recall, the only real note I had on that guy um, is that he was like the big wig behind that like company president comedy series that I do uh, was this. popular <laughs> there for a little bit uh and that's about it <laughs> that's all he had and then also this is written by a uh, shozo uehara again nice spoiler alert every episode this week is written by shozo uehara <laughs> yeah he's like the guy uh on return yes. of ultraman it seems maybe um yeah yeah this is just a uh competently done little arc about go getting fucked up and uh, go figuring out what it's going to take to beat the giant monster and then he does it this is we might wind up saying this literally every week um but you know i'll say it anyway uh until we're tired of saying it uh this is just the show that you know we expected ultraman was gonna be yeah yeah uh just a little fun fact uh the kaiju's episode is Kingosaurus the third? Kingosaurus the third? Yes. What happened to the first two? Uh, and the the number in its name is a reference to how it's technically speaking the third king kaiju. Uh, so we got Red, Red king. king, Red King, and Ella King. Oh. What about King Joe? Uh, he's different because he's a Tetsuo Kenjo reference and is also a robot. Oh, I see. I see. But he's a king in my heart. Yeah. Alright. That's that's fair. I'll I'll allow I'll allow it. He's in a kingdom all his own. He is. Yeah, a crazy gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, the the best kaiju in Ultra Seven. Easy. Um Allegedly. Uh, yeah. What do you mean allegedly? I'm in charge <laughs> I'm in char- I'm in charge of editing this podcast. I'm gonna cut out that allegedly. <laughs> no. <laughs> alien alien pole is going to haunt your dreams tonight hey you, can, you know you can do what you can do whatever he likes it's fine it'll be funny it's, little... it's gonna be really cold you're gonna freeze <laughs> it is gonna be really cold he's not wrong yeah, it's it's it, i i i've been looking outside periodically as we've been recording it fucking it's dire out there fuck wisconsin ultra seven voice <laughs> oh my my poor guy hates winter so much um 
that's that's what that's why he got weak towards the end of the show is it got towards mm-hmm. winter that's all it was um it is funny how in a way you can make the case he has like seasonal affective uh <laughs> disorder i found out that can go the other way like it can be summer that does that for you um really and i was that makes sense i, I guess. and i was like uh oh me <laughs> so i was like oh okay uh i don't i don't actually think so i just hate summer normally um i don't i don't think it uh gives me any depression i think i'm all right um all right well do we have anything more to say about say about episode four fatal attack meteor kick no uh this this is a pretty good one yeah this is a pretty good one uh main event episode five and six two-parter um I've shockingly got, did not I, expect based off their yeah. titles <laughs> yeah i've got a i've got a summary for both um like uh individually um and we'll i'll just run through this uh, first one quick and we'll see how we feel at the end of it whether, whether we want to just go straight into the next one or not um okay. episode five two giant monsters attack tokyo go and is it kishida yeah yes go and kishida yes. are called out to investigate a kaiju egg but kishida's like man this is just a fucking rock. Um, Go is less sure, and when they get back to base, Kishida is really mad that he's still talking about that fucking rock. Um, they're interrupted. <laughs> they're interrupted by a kaiju attack, and in the fight, uh, Go disobeys Kishida's command to fire uh, because he spotted a little girl nearby and he didn't want to blow her up. Uh, Kishida hates Go so much right now, and the captain. I, gives, think, I think that's uh, been Go... the most consistent trait of Kishida since the beginning, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's. This is I now have after these two episodes. I now have the guys sorted out. The three guys uh, that aren't the captain or go. I have them kind of straight in my head now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Kishida is nepo baby. Hates uh, <laughs> um, hates go. Um, uh, yeah, the captain gives go a few days of suspension for disobeying orders. Uh, Go uh, tries and fails to investigate the egg again because it's already been buried. Uh, And then he hangs out uh, with Ken. Um, Aki goes shopping to buy Go a new shirt because uh, only a specific place has his size. And I'm going to be honest, I don't... He looks like an average-sized human being. I'm going to be real. Uh, I don't think there's anything remarkable about Hideki Go. Um, Is he, like, really tall? And I just haven't noticed? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the egg, the rock that is definitely an egg, an Ultra Q egg, starts to grow and causes earthquakes and cave-ins and Aki and four others are trapped underground. Uh, The kaiju hatches and it's a big earwig. Um, They call it the twin tail. Uh, It's it's one of those little bugs. Uh, In fact, it's the prey of the other kaiju that has been rampaging. Uh, which must explain why that first kaiju is active. Uh, these two kaiju meet and fight, um, which is a spin-off series. Of, no, never mind. Uh, Go returns... <laughs> to- <laughs> God damn it! Go returns to the MAT in time uh, to oh, hear... Oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go returns uh, to the MAT in time to hear the commander, Kishida, order the team to bomb the fuck out of Tokyo. Wait, Commander Kishida? Yes. Like our man in the team, Kishida, he's a Nepo baby. He's he's his uncle. 
Uh, Go hears this order and quits on the spot. Uh, Ueno urges him to stay, but Go, uh, weirdly, uh, can't be persuaded while his boss is telling him to murder his not-girlfriend. He goes to try to dig Aki out of the rubble, uh, and the captain decides to disobey orders and rescue the civilians first before bombing the kaiju. Ueno lends a hand to Go, and then the kaiju appears and Go is like, oh, uh, you handle this, biabi, and goes to fight as Ultraman. Will he win? Will Aki die? Will Kishida give Go a break? Find out in a couple of minutes when I summarize episode six. Uh, the end. Uh, I, I just have two, well, three notes, actually. One, I I really appreciate how they took the thing from Ultra 7 where it's like, oh, Ultra 7 just fucking knows what's up immediately. He, he has the ability to just access his vast knowledge of the secrets of the world and the universe and identify alien shit. Uh, and they just give that to go because like he has the like, you know, enhanced like senses and stuff that he immediately is like, Oh, there's like a heartbeat. Like this is an egg. <laughs> like, I just know this is an egg. I know. I know. Um, yeah. And also like, Oh, I can see that little girl running around on the ground and, and him having this knowledge, but then not because he's not, because he's not our boy, Dan, like he he's, he he's doesn't not... have the hyper competency to like make good on this information, so he is kind of at the mercy of other people believing him. Yeah, it's a very good he's, dynamic. He's, the he's not the <laughs> he's not the, st- the, the shining st- yeah. <laughs> yeah the pride and joy. That's the that's the phrase. <laughs> no, no. He he doesn't have he doesn't have the authority to simply go. Oh yeah, that's uh that's that alien, and everyone goes. How do you know that? And you have. <laughs> Hideki Go has to come up with a reason why he knows that. He can't just dan it and just go, uh, you know, I just know. <laughs> Shut up. The flirting versus harassment, uh, <laughs> unexpected alien information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like how much Kishida gets mad at Go. <laughs> it's like, it's like, would you give me, a- it was a fucking rock. I shot it. Nothing happened. Give me a break, Please. I also I do love how it's like we need to figure out if this ro- is is this a rock yeah, or is this an egg? Just shoot it. Kishida uh, does. Kishida um, got this job uh, uh, through nepotism, and he does not appreciate being made to work for it. Um, uh, we will uh, see how this develops. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The also, kaiju- just a, oh god. Just on the side, Jiro found the egg. Uh, kind of. Oh, yes, I did not um, uh, mention this in the summary, but yes, Jiro Jiro finds the egg, it's on like a construction site, which is why it gets buried later, they they just bury it, they're just like, yeah, and he's talking to the adults, and he's like, this is absolutely a kaiju egg, and the adults are like, really? He's like, yeah, let me call it in, and they're just like totally believing this kid, like, oh, fuck, I guess we found a kaiju egg, shit. (laughs) Honestly... Some of the smarter adults that we've seen in these shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes you just believe it's a kaiju. Just do that. Um, yeah. I've mentioned this on, but I would absolutely, I would absolutely be the person going, it's a fucking rock. Like, like come on. <laughs> Who are you telling me there's a giant monster in here? Shut up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have two more things and they're both monster related. I think the gimmick of there are two monsters and one of them shows up because it's like, oh, food? When the, when the first one shows up is really good. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Uh, also, Twin Tail's design makes me very uncomfortable. It's something about the face and its position on its body uh, mm-hmm. makes me makes me like squirm a little bit when I see it. Yes, like it, like it is literally just those uh, that that those bugs earwigs standing, but it's yeah. like standing up. Um, but but it's standing weird. Yeah. Yes, it's a lot. Like, that's it's the part alarming. that kills me. It's yeah. it's the fact that the face is like slithering on the ground and the rest of it is just upright, like a a, a cobra about to strike. That mm-hmm. makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, yeah, I do. I love that. I love Twin Tails. I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, just a little fun fact. I wish it wasn't called that. But <laughs> you like the hairstyle? Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind they of know. silly. Uh, just a little fun fact. Turning back the clock, uh, like a month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the episode of Blazer with the underground monster? Yeah. Who made people fear people's fears show up? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh. At at the time, we only knew one of the four reference kaiju that the miners saw in the hole, and as of this point, we have now seen three of them. Oh damn! <laughs> Wait, what are the other? What are so, the other two? So, so one of them is from a future show, which we don't, mm-hmm. we won't get to for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, one of them is M one. Uh, but the other two are Chakong from episode one and two of this show, and uh, oh. Twin Tail is the other one. Damn. Nice. Wow, interesting. So it, it just <laughs> funny timing with that episode again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we get didn't know some. At the time, oh, go ahead. We just we didn't know at the time, but then you know within basically immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um. We get a little more Ueno this episode. Yeah, yeah. He's coming. He's coming through he, a little, a little stronger. He's he seems like kind of like the closest to go in terms of like, uh, like if any if anyone's gonna be his bro, it's Ueno. Yeah, like yeah. Minimi is the guy who likes him, but who's still like a superior in a way, mm-hmm. and will be like respectfully wrong. Uh, Ueno, I but, guess, is more of a bro. But we'll see yeah, what he's, he's, he seems to be on his level and um, is also like advocating for him the most um, and is like the most like white. No, don't leave. You have to stay. It's important that you're in the MAT and yeah. uh, and go has to be like, uh, I, I'm not going to talk about this, uh, but the MAT is currently trying to murder my childhood friend. <laughs> so, uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we significantly low on i realize we have the jets um but we haven't the show has not fawned over its vehicles uh enough (laughs) which is funny because they like they look really good like all of the vehicle stuff looks pretty good compared to like the last three shows we've seen Mm -hmm. um but like yeah that that that's going away a little bit. It feels like. Yeah, we don't have names for them. Thing. Oh, like we. There are names, but like we haven't gotten the show yet. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like I, you know, episode one. I knew we had the Ultra Hawk, and it split. It was like three things that split off and combined. Um, even the car had a name. Even the car had a name. Was it the pointer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The pointer was cool. Yeah, all the, all the kids love the pointer. I love. The and pointer. it can fly. <laughs> yeah, now it's like thirty episodes in. <laughs> um, 
yeah, uh, weirdly absent this, and especially funny given what happens at the end of episode six. Um, uh, but yeah, um, it's strange. Uh, I, 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 I would like a. I want a rundown of what's in their uh, their garage, just quickly. Don't have to do do okay. too much, but um, oh, I can look I, it up if you want. I would like it. Oh, we, yeah, we could do that. Um, I don't want to. I've, you've already been spoiled so much. <laughs> like I, it's fine. I know which wiki page I need to look at. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the vehicles we've seen so far. Doo -doo -doo, there's on the Matt wiki page. Uh, there's the Matt Arrow one and two. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Matt Arrow one is the one that's more like a jet. The Matt Arrow two is more round. Uh, we have the Matt Gyro, which is much more of a helicopter. Okay, yeah, that and makes then sense. the car the car is just called the Matt vehicle. It's a bit <laughs> the Matt <laughs> vehicle. All right, that's cool, Nick. That's that suits me. I'm uh when uh doing like summary for this episode, and I say, um, <clears throat> Ultraman is fighting Twin Tails, and in my brain, it's just. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's fighting the needy streamer over Dusker. So I've just posted an image of oh. Tosaka Rin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, as we is... find out, uh, Ultraman still weak to Tails, especially when there's two of them. Yes. Um, the real meat is probably in the next episode, so we can move on uh, yeah. to a summary of yeah. it. Because um, we don't even get an Ultraman fight this episode. Yeah. No, um, which just, I respect. We just get set up for it. Uh, immediately um, ends. <laughs> immediately, yes. Episode six, showdown: monsters versus Matt. Um, well, I I asked three questions. I you know, will he win? Will Aki die? Will Kishida give Go a break? Let's answer question one right at the top. No, Ultraman does not win. He gets his ass kicked. They jump him. Um, the commander, who I will from now on refer to as Uncle Kishida, is really fucking mad the team didn't bomb the kaiju, like he said. And so the team is like, okay, we'll go bomb the kaiju. And then in the next attack, the team, they bomb the kaiju. It's and literally it does... like a ten minute second scene. <laughs> yeah, it does nothing. Um, and Uncle Kishida's like, well, oh well, I got a new idea. Let's use Spina. I lost yeah! my shit. <laughs> So for a second, it didn't click with me, and then I was like, wait a minute, why do I know that term? And then I went, oh shit, it's the fucking explosive from Ultra 7. It's, yeah, it's the dinosaur tank episode. The high explosive from the dino tank episode, the episode where they cure Bin Furia's irrational fear of dying in an explosion. Um, yeah, what a fucking nerd. And, uh, and know, Soga guns down a man with a mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, Go has to worry about his uh, girlfriend being killed in explosion. It's, yeah, the <laughs> Yes, Go's irrational fear of Aki dying in an explosion. God. Everyone in Ultra Series stuff are just so anxiety-riddled when it comes to explosive <laughs> capabilities. Ken, Ken, Fucking... Ken gives, has a backstory on where he got his irrational fear of dying in an explosion. <laughs> And it's, I was three Damn. in 1945. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so yes. Uh, people aren't happy about this whole Spiner thing. Uh, but the evacuation of Tokyo begins uh, while Ken, Jiro, and Go stay by the bedside of Aki, who has been rescued but has suffered severe injuries and can't really be moved long distance. Uh, so they just take her home and set her up in a bed there. Um, people urge Go to return to the MAT. Everyone urges Go to return to the MAT, but he refuses uh, the team visit and realize the Sakura family has no intention of evacuating. Um, and Ken says, I was three in 1945, and we start seeing photos from World War II of Japanese cities that have been firebombed. Uh, and Ken says, uh, we would pray to the B-52s that bombs wouldn't fall on us. And <laughs> the captain is like, okay, that goes hard as fuck, but I don't think you're aware that there is no chance the spy, you will not survive the spy <laughs> Um, and goes like, a spy are you fucking joking? All right, we're going to go get Uncle Kishida to see sense. Unfortunately, Uncle Kishida doesn't like the team's new plan. Uh, but young Kishida, uh, yes, I will be calling him that from now on, uh, asks his uncle to reconsider. And Uncle Kishida is immediately like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. It was that easy. Um, anyway, the team launched the coolest yeah, anti-kaiju he, he, he operation. They're like, this is your last chance or Matt is disbanded. Yes, this is your last chance or Matt is disbanded. And the team launch the coolest anti-kaiju operation so far, which is we can see the giant kaiju in the distance. And the team is gathered on two jeeps with rocket launchers yeah. that will fire like paralyzing darts or something. And the captain's just like, all right, charge. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Uh, they drive up, they hit one in the eye uh, and then disaster strikes and it becomes a mess. Um, I gotta say, it looks like they're having so much fucking fun recording. The, like, <laughs> yes. everyone involved looks like they're having a blast. Yeah. There's an amazing shot where uh, the kaiju knocks over the jeep and a little, like, model person is thrown from the jeep and then it cuts back to uh, Minami doing a roll into shooting his gun. And it's so yes. cool. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, I, love the, I love the green screenshot of, like... Hideki like running in front of Twin Tail. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. There is some there is some incredible egregious green screen stuff happening in this episode. Um uh where was I in this summary? Yes, uh Go turns into Ultraman and this time he's able to three kingdoms it a little. He pitches uh, one kaiju against the other and when yeah, point, one wins. Twin Tail's like blinded. Uh, yes, so. Twin Twin Twin, twin Tail's blinded so uh, it's, uh, the hunter is able to kill its prey, uh, Twin Tails is no more, and then Ultraman jumps in and, uh, destroys, uh, the It's like a hazy shot now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the team emerges from the dust and smoke, well, the captain emerges first and is like, where, where is everyone? And then they all emerge one by one and he thanks them, uh, individually for their efforts, uh, saying, oh, thank goodness you're okay. And uh, Aki wakes up, she's fine, and she sees Go's smiling face in the clouds. The end. And the pigeons. <laughs> and the pigeons, yes. Uh, it's so funny. <laughs> we, we're, we're back to the hero is being uh, layered over the sky. Um, it's not quite It's not quite uh, Dan pogging, but, you know. Uh, like, I like uh, whenever... This is... Is this the best two-parter we've ever gotten? It might be. I think it, it is. It might be. I mean, we did have the finale of Ultraman, <laughs> uh, Ultra 7. 
Is that a, oh, that is a two-parter. Oh, that is a two-parter. That is never a mind, two-parter. Never mind, that is true. Never mind. I, would, I would put that above but also this, a, but this is... a finale, so maybe it's cheating, but also, you know, this is like... Yeah, that, like, of, of what I think of when I think of, like, mid-show two-parters, I, like, this rule. Yeah, this is, like, definitely, <laughs> this, this this is was... the best you've gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely better if... than, like, the other two-parter in Ultra 7. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, the, uh, other, the, I... Other two, the other two-parter in Ultra 7 has the problem of the first episode's really great, and then the second episode is the just a episode fucking is, uh... mess. <laughs> Stupid. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the, the two-parter in Ultra is, like, fine. Yeah. It's, like, you know, definition of, of, of mid. Like, you know, it's all right. Um... But yeah, this both episodes here were just like really good and got me hyped up. Yeah, just good shit um, going around. I was not expecting the literal just photos of the cities. Um, when Ken says, "Yeah, yeah I well, when yeah, I was now, three now, in now 1945. takes place. Yeah, well, now the show actually takes place in the seventies instead of like being weirdly in the future, vaguely. Oh right, yes. So they don't have to do that thing where they're pretending that. Um, Ultraman is set in whatever it's supposed to be set. Like 90-something, yeah. Yeah, um, Jamala dies in, the in like, 1990-something. Yeah. I, I do also think it's interesting, too, like, I mean, I'm, like everything with time, things become easier to bring up in a cultural context, too. So, like, just for... I don't think making the first three shows they would have been comfortable including something like that so much as they do here. You know what I mean? Um, Like, we've already pointed out, like, you can feel the time that has passed, even though it's not the the biggest jump in the world between Ultra 7 Mm -hmm. and this. Like, the world has changed. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, there's it's, definitely been a, a shift it's in the It's wild culture. how, like, in the three years between the 70s do happen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, it's just, like, immediate. Everyone's converted now. Yeah. Uh, um, we... I, I, I know I've already talked about it, and I can't I cannot bring this up every episode, but I'm just like, ah, oh, the outfits of this fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> goes, uh, shirts. Yeah, the, the shirt yes. that she goes yes. to buy him. Um, it's, uh... It's just like when all the women are out shopping, the dresses they're in, just like the the vibrancy of those colors. It's it's a uh, uh, it's wim- a mood. Women be shopping. Uh, classic uh, classic mode uh, happening in this show. Uh, and uh, the the thing <laughs> where um, Ken's like, look, she was still holding onto your shirt as like a signifier of how much she cares about Go. I was like, this is very stupid, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. I. Hideki, you know, Hideki just be like, no, we shouldn't be shopping, and she's like, uh, but I must. I must. You don't understand. You know. You don't understand. But what? <laughs> it's like the ending of Ultra Seven. He's like, no, you can't go shopping. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I must shop. <laughs> uh. That's yeah. Um. Uh, that's Everyone it. gathers around. Do you think she's still out there shopping? Yep, that's how that's how it is. Um, the uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but that final the the scene on just like they just get on jeeps. They don't have like special vehicles or anything. They just get on jeeps and drive out there with like rocket launchers and just fight kaiju. I was just like, this is. Uh, this goes hard. 
Yeah. Just being blown blown black, like, over sand dunes. Yes. Um, uh, the sunset going while the the mat theme plays. Mm-hmm. The, the mat theme is so much cooler than the other team themes. <laughs> yeah. Are you using uh, that as the credits theme? For the I, show? I am going to be using that, good. yes. Good. Because um, it's good. Uh... uh the um uh what's the other stuff in this episode so yeah we talked briefly about spiner coming back the now this is just this is just grabbing a thing from another show it obviously ultra 7 is not we've talked about this ultra 7 is like a different timeline it's like an au right because this is a sequel to ultraman yeah there's a sequel to ultraman yeah um and so is Spiner their chocobo? I guess it'd be like their crystals. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I guess I guess we'll see. We'll we'll see if Spiner comes back again. But it, um, it is a fun pull. It's a it's a fun pull. Uh, uh, it's simply good to be reminded that Dino Tank exists. Um, uh, sorry, Taru. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just how it uh, is. So I'm looking at the booklet right now and I'm laughing because uh, there's clearly a typo where the first in they they type it Spiner in the first instance of the summary, but then for the rest they call it Sniper. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Autocorrect. Kill yeah. him in the in this manual. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Uh, Kaiju designed still by Ikea, by the way. Cool. He yeah he he seems to be doing a good job as much as I think his rules are evil. <laughs> The, the right. one who looks like a discount Ella King, I don't care about as much, but I'm a big Twin Tail fan. Mm-hmm. I think Twin Tail is the one when the breakout ones from the season. Yeah, that makes sense. It 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 definitely made me feel revulsion in like a good way more than any monster I think we've had from the show so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got production. We got a new guy. Is unfortunately kind of I. I hope this isn't the case for everyone I talk about in this show, but this is yet another case of like, oh, they don't exist on the English internet at all. Damn. And when you look into like Japanese Wikipedia, uh, fucking barely anything other than where they went to school and what they worked on. Um, so this episode, this two-parter was directed by uh, Yoshiharu Tomita, who I guess his biggest thing is that he was the guy, the primary director in charge of the majority of the Toei mystery comedy series as it's being translated here. Oh yeah, I know. But I'm, I... a, I'm vaguely aware of that one. It's a okay. It's a weird one that isn't mostly translated. Uh, that kind of it... goes through a bunch of like different phases. Well, it it seemed to me reading through, trying to make sense of what this is. This almost feels more like it's a time slot than it was a series. It's, it's, it's kind of like a meta series in a way, where they like they count as a series, but there's doesn't really feel like it. Like it starts off as yeah. like a. Robocon successor. This is this is like also an Ishinomori like co-production, but like <clears throat> it starts off as like there's a few seasons where there's like a mascot thing, and then it becomes for whatever reason a couple seasons of like Phantom Thieves, and then it becomes Magical Girl for some reason. Uh, yes, and- is that that's the that's the thing I'm seeing here. It's just like there are three eras of this, um, and they're all about like forty to fifty episodes. Yeah, and for, for example, in the last very last episode of like the last show, uh, Ultraman and Bolton just show up. Which is fun. Oh, nice. Um, He's not. He hasn't finished the job. No. Uh, but then also, uh, 
worked on Captain Ultra, worked on Giant Robo, um, worked on, uh, what's the English? Uh, yes, uh, Planetary Robot Dan Gardace, um, and then also Video Warrior Laserion, which I own a fucking Blu-ray of. I'll watch this at some point in my life, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, oh, and actually, I almost missed this. Common Rider Super 1. Okay. So, you know, definitely around in, in this milieu. But uh, doesn't seem to really have, like, a big claim to fame. Was just, like, doing, like, random directorial and screen writing stuff from uh, place to place. So... Uh, actually, sorry, he directed a movie that doesn't even have a Japanese Wikipedia article called, and I quote, Freaks 3. <laughs> Damn, I want to watch Freaks 3. I, I think I need to watch Freaks 1 and 2 first, but you never know. Uh, fun jump fact in. about uh, Super 1. Uh, it was the 1980 Kamen Rider season that aired after, like, the reboot season, the 1979 Kamen Rider, uh, retroactively called Sky Rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there wouldn't be another Comrade show for another seven years with Comrade Black. <laughs> uh, the two thousands uh were truly um a wild time for them just to just to turn around and just go, yeah, we're just gonna make one of these every year. They almost yeah. didn't. They almost didn't. Yeah, there was gonna they they did Kuka and Agito, and then they were gonna stop. Yeah, because uh, they were like they, they between the Metal Heroes franchise, they did like a Robocon reboot, and then mm-hmm. they did Kuga, and then they did Agito, and then so the producers were like, okay, we did a trilogy of like Ishinomori like throwback seasons, and now we're going to do something new, uh, and then nine eleven happened, uh, and they were like, uh, we need Common Rider to something about morality and justice, and oh then they God. made Ryuki. And then they made Ryuki. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, about, Is Ryuki nine eleven brained? Uh, no, the idea is like, oh, well, we need to like show that like different people have different views of justice and doesn't necessarily mean it's right kind of thing. Oh my I think God, that's the so funny. That's so, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And then, and then Kamara just kept going after that. Damn. It was worth it just for the existence of Kabuto. I like Ryuki memes. Um, I have to... After I'm done with Kuga, I'm probably gonna. I know you want me to watch Agito, but I'm probably. Gonna I mean, skip you can to... you can watch it later. It's the important thing is like watching Agito after Kuga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, you, I'll eventually it will happen. You don't have to. You can get to Ryuki after. Uh, but yeah, I want to watch Ryuki because uh, Ryuki is like truly seems like a source of a lot of Urobuchi brain, um, and uh, I I have a severe case of that. So uh, I you know I got I I have to witness it. Um, also, you know, it's just apparently everything I like ripped off Ryuki, so. is also very influential in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, so the, like, significant stuff in this uh, Ultraman, uh, Return of Ultraman episode is, like, uh, it's the whole, like, uh, whether being in the MAT is, like, is like a, whether the MAT is like a worthwhile organization to be in, um, and the you know, whether... or from the other angle, whether the MAT is a worthwhile organization to fund. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, um, real scarred energy. Yeah, uh, and uh, that is uh, the other. The other like significant thing is um, you know, well, I say I've I've moved on as though I've talked about it. I haven't really. Uh, 
uh, it's, you know, the whole, like, Go and Ueno, like, uh, at odds over... Because, uh, like, Ueno's like, well, I don't like these decisions either. But, like, if I'm not in the monster attack team, I can't do anything about it. Like, like you know, and, you know, Go's position of, you know, you don't seem to be doing anything about it. <laughs> it's, you know, you're taking orders. I'm not gonna. Um, and, uh... Yeah, there's also a bit of, like, a line where when it's like, you you have a family to go back to, but I don't have anywhere else. Yes, yes. Ueno, Ueno's position of, like, you can leave because you, you know, you have other stuff. I don't. Um, so it's the monster attack team or nothing. Um, yeah, he's like he's like a character from Ultraman or Ultra Seven. They don't have yes, a life. He, does, he doesn't exist outside <laughs> of the team, but now it's framed as tragedy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and uh, the the other stuff in this episode is you know I've kind of glossed over it, is like Ken saying like them saying like so you're just gonna live here and just hope that you don't get hit you don't get hit by the bomb and Ken being like well let me tell you son a little bit about a little thing called World War 2 <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like wild um and uh, yeah. yeah I you know I, I just I just think the, 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 these are you know we kind of it, it's like a little Stop, but like framing it as like it's a little specifically not talking about um Japan getting bombed, like talking about Japan getting bombed in the context of um the authorities are like in charge of Japan are about to bomb Japan, um is like a little different than usual, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With it being, you know, it's, it's, it frames frames it a little differently about like you know, uh, what's you know the the situation, um, resulting in Japan getting firebombed kind of reminds me of like, like watching Grave of the Fireflies and no one ever really talks about America, um, yeah, it's weird. For more um, on that, go listen to our Minor Gods Little Minus One Spot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you talk about Grave of the Fireflies? <laughs> not, not Grave of the Fireflies, no, but like... But... Oh, I see. Just because the premise of the movie, that, Tokyo Firebomb. That movie's, that movie's about some shit. Oh, <laughs> I see, I see, I see, I see. I see. I understand. Yes. Um, Alright, that makes sense. Um, Yeah. Uh, do we have yeah, anything also more to... Back. Oh, yes! I forgot about this. Jun's back. He's back in his, like, advisor role. Um, yeah, yeah. He got a new name this time. Yeah, apparently, June apparently 3. his crime, his crimes at a well, you know, <laughs> separate universe, but you know, uh, in the Ultra Guard, uh, the yeah. was it the other thing? Yeah, yeah. His new name is uh, Satake. Nice. He's Jun three. Yeah, he's the one who gives the the idea to use Spiner. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, he does. That's so fun, Jun. What are you doing? He's gone off the deep end. <laughs> I see Pegula and everything now. Fuck. <laughs> I have to burn it all away. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, we talk about we talk about Pegula and that's Wolvercast too. We do. 
God, the 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 true ideological rivals at the end of the Ultraman franchise, Jun versus Ide. <laughs> this was all a hundred year project yes. to tell the greatest. Just, uh, it had to be this way, please. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be so good. Um, man. All right. Well, uh, do we have anything more to say about this episode of Return of Ultraman? It was sick. No, it's a good time. It was sick. I'm looking forward to the rest of this show. Um, it's just hit like a a level of just like fundamentally fun to watch that is like, uh, I am looking forward to this version of Ultraman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, well, if we have nothing. Oh, color timers. Yeah. In fact, the color timers are a bit fun this week. Nice. Ooh. Because uh, episode episode four, we got two. Uh, the first one is one minute, 54 seconds. And the other one is one minute, 52 seconds. Very nice. Uh, but wait, there's a, there's it's a bonus. Because at some Ooh. point in like the second fight, he says, Ultraman has 30 seconds left, which means I, of course, had to check if he really no. had 30 seconds. <laughs> And from when he says that line to when Ultraman uh, disappears, it's 52 seconds. Damn. Damn. They were under three minutes, but they still went over. That's so uh, like, funny. It's funnier. It gets funnier. Uh, so next. Uh, episode five is two minutes and 12 seconds with an asterisk. Because uh, there's two in episode six. Uh, the first one is 27 seconds. However, it is be- Ultraman is already transformed from the end of the last episode. Therefore, by adding them both together for like the single scene, uh, it is consolidated 2 minutes and 39 seconds. Oh, they're still on this. They're yeah. still under. Uh, unfortunately, the, se- <laughs> the second oh, no. scene, <laughs> 3 minutes 11 seconds. <laughs> Fucked it. Uh the most involved uh, session we've had. Yeah. All right. Sick. Well, if that's everything, we can go into yeah. plugs. Uh, if you want to follow the show uh, on Twitter, you can do so at uh, ultra underscore Q. That is at ultra underscore Q U E U E. I am also on Twitter at gender underscore redacted. Uh, Mel. Hi, I'm at the sites at your crowns. There's. Watchqpod at gmail.com for the email. Watchqfund for the coffee. Razen. Uh Yeah, I'm Rosin Brand. You can find me uh, at my VTuber account, OMG Kawaii Angel Chan. Uh, no, that's not. a lie. Um, you can find me uh, at Rosin Brand. That's uh, R A S E N B R A N. I'm back to Elden Ring in. Uh, and, and having a good time just uh cleaning cleaning up shop towards uh as we reach the end of that game still got a super boss to do though <laughs> not looking forward to that um but I'll, I'll i'll get there i'll do it all right sick uh join us next time three more episodes of return of ultraman 789 uh we're back we're fully back we're just in the swing of things um so yeah see you then bye bye Goodbye. Later.
Cuando 